Welcome to Coffee and Tea with SNL. Everything you love about your favorite coffee shop, all wrapped up in a podcast. I'm Lisa, and I'm passionate about tea, travel, good food, and great conversations, and anything that makes me grow. I'm Sabine, and I create spaces that people enjoy. I'm also a wife, mother of two, a coffee lover, and enjoy a great scented candle. We're two great friends committed to living our best lives and seeing others live theirs. Welcome to Coffee and Tea. Hello, Sabine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. So what's going on? What are your highs and lows, my friend? Um, I would say, okay, so my high, I've been talking about, I guess for the last couple of months, I've been talking about feeling stuck, right? Mm-hmm. In my career, like I, I didn't know, just, I wasn't clear on which direction I wanted to take my business. And so I really feel like I needed some time away just to, without distractions, just to kind of clear my thoughts. And so recently I've been, had the opportunity to go to my old hometown of Princeton mm-hmm. And I call it the woods, but um, my old hometown of Princeton and um, just to kind of, I guess, one, be with nature. I mean, it was cold, but um, it was in my it was in my room, Um, but just to journal, to pray, to kind of reflect on my thoughts and and figure out really what I want to do and how I want to help people with my business, Mm because that's honestly what it is, is I'm helping people. It's more than making beautiful spaces. It's, it's really helping people improve their lives. And so, um, I feel like I am now unstuck and I'm not going to disclose too many details now that'll come in the, in, you know, I'll keep you posted. Um, but yes, I feel like I have so much more clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I just have to go and do the work. Right. So it's a really good feeling. You know, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to just go get away without distractions um, and take that time for myself to just reflect. That's awesome. So, and I yeah. love the fact that you weren't actually gone for a long time. It was just, just an overnight, overnight yeah. trip. And you'd been talking about feeling stuck for a while. Yes. Just that that time, that short amount of time that you took was able to get you unstuck is impressive. And yet another reminder that we need to just take time out of life and the chaos of life sometimes to just think and be still. And it was a, I was actually intentional about my time. Like I was like, I'm going to journal and it's not, I feel like I need to get back into journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, I do too. But I was able to journal. I was able to pray sp- for specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I read a book on focus that um, another interior designer slash coach had recommended on her podcast. Um, that's a really good book. Um, I didn't read the whole thing, but at least I was able to go through a couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, so just really doing those things. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to go and sleep. Right. But actually making the plan to like, nope, I'm bringing my book on focus. I'm bringing my journal. I'm bringing my Bible. I'm, you know, um, taking the time to just pray. Um, and just taking this time for me and I got a, a massage from the spa. So it was great. Too. That helps so, all things. Yes. That helps all things. Um, so that is my high. I would say that my low, um, is just, I guess not getting enough, not being disciplined, I should say with my sleep. Mm, yes. I can relate to that. And I feel like 
I, my body is telling me that, okay, it's time to wind down. It's time to shut down. And oftentimes I'm like, there's one more thing I need to do, Mm -hmm. but I didn't check this post and I didn't send this email and somebody, you know, sent me a message that I need to reply to. Um, I need to pack the kids lunches, which I should be doing a lot earlier anyway. Um, or I need to check this or I need to catch up on the latest episode because I never get a chance to watch TV. And now (laughs) that's turned into a binge watching until (laughs) one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I do myself a disservice because I end up waking in the morning just groggy, Mm -hmm. frustrated, annoyed, short (laughs) with my children, Mm -hmm. um, and just tired throughout the whole day. And I notice the difference when I do get a good night's rest, you know, I'm able to wake up with just once (laughs) the snooze going (laughs) off once instead of five times. Um, I wake up with just, you know, a little bit more, more clarity. I'm more present. Um, and it just makes the day go by so much. I'm more grateful for the day. We'll put it at that when I get a full night's rest. Um, so I just need to listen to what my body is telling me. You so know? Do you, are you going to have a set bedtime? So um, I have a bedtime of like 12 o'clock. Oh, um, I know, which is, yeah, which, which is late. Um, and so I feel like I need to push it up to 1130. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have, that's what I said on my phone. Okay. So I just set that on my phone. We'll see how that goes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can actually relate to the sleep thing. Slight aside, a really good friend of mine was asking me a couple of days ago, like, when is your bedtime? And I said, um, well, when should it be? And he said, no, just when actually is your bedtime? And I was like, uh, never before midnight. And then he said, well, what time do you wake up? And I said, again, when should I wake up? Or when do I actually wake up? And again, it was like, what's your actual wake up time? And I said, uh, depending on the day between five and seven. Yeah, that's a nice huge window but that kind of made me feel like I need to get this in in gear um and I've just been having a lot of insomnia too so I can relate to just sleep and how much how when you don't get it affects everything else that's why I love um Ariana Huffington yes I love that she's such a sleep evangelist as she calls herself the importance of sleep it's so important and it's one of the first things to go when we get overwhelmed when it's one of the most basic things to keep in place because you're not she's like you're not effective if you're not getting rest. Yeah, you're not being whatever oh. boss lady or you think you're being. Nope. If you're getting no sleep. So I love that she always says you should sleep your way to the top. Yes. So nope. anyway. But yeah, so that was not even mine. Love. I just jumped yeah, on all no. over yours. So that's kind of what I'm going through. Okay. Let us know how the sleep is going. Yeah, we'll do. So I'm going to start with my low. Okay. Um, so my low is that I've been seeing this pattern of inauthenticity, I guess, is what I'd call it in... The smallest of ways too. like I've just seen a pattern of it kind of in a lot of situations where I have the option where someone, you know, it could be something as simple as simple as we're going to dinner. The restaurant we want to go to has a really long line. So the person I'm with asks if I if I'm open to going somewhere else Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, sure, let's go wherever. And they kind of turn around and just point to a restaurant and I do this whole like, sure, that's perfect and go there even though I would rather we went somewhere else more intentional or like chose a place more intentionally rather, or stayed for the place we put our, you know, where we put our names down. I feel like I have this whole need to be 
easygoing and low maintenance and down for whatever that there's an inauthenticity that's happening. And what will happen is I get really chipper about, oh, I'm totally fine. Let's do whatever. And then later I end up being kind of annoyed um, that I didn't just speak up or that I didn't really enjoy the meal or enjoy the activity or whatever. But it's kind of my fault because I said, oh, anything's fine when I didn't really feel that way. Because And you're saying that because you don't want to be what? So I need to unpack this further, but I think there's a place where I think saying what I want and really expecting someone to go with it is high maintenance or demanding or proud or something. And like who told you that it was high maintenance and proud or is that something that you're telling yourself? Like did you ever... Had somebody told you that? Right. In the did I ever ask and have someone just shut me down? Um, not that I can think of, but there will be journaling. There will, yeah, I'll yeah, update you. But say, I like, think where, that's, yeah, where, where did that, that come from? from? I don't know. I think there's a place where maybe it's because I can tend to feel like other people are being demanding mm. if they're, I don't like rigidity, right? And so I think when I'm around people who, where it has to be this way or the highway, I don't like that. So there's a place where I, have kind of made it like my thing is that I'm miss flexible. I'll go with whatever. I'm not picky. I'm not high maintenance. I, yeah. So I think there's a place where I've made it, where I've made it a strength or a good thing that I'm not rigid in this way versus just saying I am open, but I actually really want, want Asian food or I'm open, but I really want a restaurant that's good. And the reason that restaurant you just po- pointed to across the street is empty is because they're not very good. Especially for the things that you care about. Because I'm hearing you talk about food. And, like, <laughs> you you are Miss Foodie. So I think for a lot of the things that we actually care about, you're going to have an opinion right. that you may not want to waver on. Right. Yeah. So, I need, again, need to get to the yeah. bottom of that. But there's this, this place where I'm doing this very inauthentic, everything's fine. And it. Really is because it's not worth the feeling that you have afterwards of, oh, I wish I would have said something. Right, I wish I didn't hang out with them. Right. That was horrible. Yeah, that's not good. Just my money or what have you. So yeah. Let's so anyway, not so have those feelings. Yeah, let's not. Um, so that's my low. Okay, what's your um, high? So my high was um, that I just recently had a happiness weekend in New York City with my friends Emily and Kumbi. Okay. And um, it just was really fun. So Emily and I went up on Friday. Stayed right in Midtown Manhattan, and um, which is already your happy place. Yes, New York is my happy place. Saw Aladdin the musical on Broadway, which was actually really fun. Like if yeah, you're looking I'm like, for, I'm still trying to envision kids, that like, as a musical. It's so good. Like they did a great job of having the genie come in, uh, into you and out of the lamp. Um, the magic carpet was amazing. Yeah, I'm like, how did they do it the was magic just, carpet? You, yeah, it was amazing. Worth seeing. Go okay. take your kids. It's Fun, Broadway, magic, really great time. So saw that. We also found out that they have booster seats at Broadway theaters. I don't know if it's just the shows that cater to kids. discounted price, I wonder. But yeah, so booster seats, they have them. We, yeah, we partook in the booster seat situation. But anyway. That's funny. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because, yeah, anyway. So we're big fans of, so the show was great. That was fun. That was Friday night. Then actually a really good friend of mine, Andre, was in town that day and ended up changing plans to stay to hang out. So that was really fun. 
Uh, and that was just Friday night. Then Saturday. Oh, that was nice. That was very sweet. Then Saturday, we went to this um, tea atelier, this tea place that had hundreds and hundreds of teas. You were showing I will me pictures. post a yes. picture online. Emily and I were there for two whole hours deciding <laughs> that was on your teas happy place. Yeah, that we were going to buy. So that was fun. And there'll be more about that later. And then we saw um, the Happiness podcast, the Happiness with Gretchen Rubin oh, and yeah. her sister, Elizabeth. Love their podcast. Got to see them. Was do that your show first live. live podcast? No, but the first time I've seen them do their podcast okay. live. So I've seen other podcasts live. So that was really great. Got to meet, got to ask questions and got to take a picture with Gretchen afterwards. So that was really fun. And actually, before we went to dinner, we saw two Oscar winners at our restaurant. Um, Mark Ryland and Holly Hunter were at a table. Well, actually, they were standing behind us waiting for a table for the longest time. But I did not talk to them. Which is very unlike you. You would be the first one to yes. spike up a casual conversation. I know. So I'm putting this one on Kumbi and Emily <laughs> uh, because I was like, I'm with two people who don't want to talk to these people. And now I'm being shy. So you would, you said, typically wouldn't even care about that. You I know. Like, I, I was and... in a weird mood. That Yeah. I had moments of being in a weird mood that weekend. But yes, that this was one. Instead, I did like a weird <laughs> passive aggressive selfie where you could see the back of Holly Hunter's head and the side of Mark's face. But, um, but it was still funny. fun to have seen them. Then Sunday went to church um, out in New York, and the church I went to had a song I'd never heard before, which was a medley of um, this, little light, this Little Light of Mine and Happy by Pharrell. That's so I was awesome. like, yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> so it just felt like there were all these like happiness themes and all these things that weekend that just make me happy. So some of my favorite people, favorite things. In New York. In New York, one of my favorite cities. So... That was my high. So happiness That's weekend awesome. for the win. Nice. Speak well, speaking of happy, I'm really excited to introduce our guest. Yes. We are interviewing Michelle Charles Gustafson. And she is kind of all the things. She's she an really is. image consultant, a personal branding expert, a confidence coach who helps female entrepreneurs and, and professionals and leaders. She helps them reclaim their confidence and maximize their visibility using their voice and owning their value. She's in Canada. Yes. So our first international interview. Yes. So really excited to, to chatting with Michelle. I feel like we can't complain that it's cold. No, we're not, <laughs> not around Canadians. Not around yeah. Canadians. Yeah. So looking forward to talking to Michelle. Hello and welcome to Coffee and Tea with SNL, Michelle. We're so excited to have you on our show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, guys. <laughs> and I know Sabine is going to go into kind of an official introduction, but before we get to that point, what's in your cup? You guys, are you ready? <laughs> I, I don't think I can handle it. Already, tell us. You, can, you can't handle it. It is... It is a matcha green tea latte with coconut milk and vanilla stevia. Deal with it. Wow. Okay. 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 Wow. I think you are the first guest that has had such an intricate drink. I love it. And I make them myself. That's amazing. Well, I love that word intricate as opposed to pretentious because, listen, it's a little bit much. Like, it's it's the tea, it's the green tea, 
it's the non-milk milk and it's the stevia non-sugar sugar i love it i think i want to go with intricate as well good cho- good choice yes i like that intricate yes it meets all my needs <laughs> there you go as long as it meets all of your needs yeah right that's key is there a backstory to this like when did we start drinking this what's the story behind this how many do we have a day I, you guys know that I live in uh, rural Canada. We do have um, a Starbucks here, but it's, well, in the town I live, it's seven minutes to anywhere. So I could go to Starbucks or I could just make it myself. And on days we were talking about weather, how it's cold and whatnot here. Uh, on days when it's like something like minus 40, you don't feel like going to Starbucks because that's ridiculous. So I've learned to make it myself and I just use my milk steamer and my own matcha and, you know, you get the stevia dropper and you just, you can concoct it yourself. So it's perfect. I love that. Yes. Completely custom. Completely custom. And we should have had, we should have had you go last because now I just, my tea just feels so sad. I know. I, you know what? I'm going to go last. So here we go. We start off with we start off with intricate, and yes, I'll go last. Yeah. So go ahead, sorry. I know. I usually I'm usually the fancy one, but so today I'm actually just having a black tea, a black currant black tea. It's a mm. brand black currant black tea with no milk and with honey. So that's what I'm having. So that's it's a good one. Usual in that I'm going for caffeine today, but it's a tea yeah. that I've been obsessed with since my college days in London, doing a study abroad in London. So it's kind of a bit of a throwback, but pretty simple though. It was tea bag, hot water and honey. Yeah. Honey, honey for the win in the Earl Grey for sure. I probably have the most simplest, although I feel like I do have a story to mine. So I'm drinking a dark roast Haitian coffee with I, which is completely um, with a dash of salt because you have to put a dash of salt in your coffee because it's so strong um, with evaporated milk because again they drink their coffee with evaporated milk completely not healthy and then some I have organic sugar if that makes anything if that makes any difference Yes, it's organic. Yes. But it is from my, I went to Haiti this past, my family's from Haiti. My mom's side of the family is from Haiti. And I went this past um, summer. I hadn't been in 20 years. And so before I left, I'm like, I am not leaving this country without coffee. Um, So yes, this is my coffee. Well, we have another connection gals because uh, my back in the day, uh, my dad actually did dental work in Haiti for a year. And so my parents, yeah, my parents lived there and, and they treated, they did some World Health Organization things. And I'm like, man, the, the connections continue, girls. The connections continue. Yes, they do. Oh, they awesome. do. I love it. Well, I am so excited to have you on our show. Um, I just want to make sure that I have everything correct. Michelle Charles Gustafson. How did I do? What did I do? <laughs> well, Gustafson usually, but it's, listen... Listen, it's it's three syllables, and you just never know. Sometimes it's all good. <laughs> and what is your and where, where is your last name from? So, uh, I married into Swedish heritage, so okay, yes, Scanda Scandinavian. And you, and Charles is Saint Lucian. Yes, my dad is from Saint Lucia, and and as you know, or you may not know, but Charles is is basically like Smith, so it's kind of everywhere between uh, Saint Lucia and Martinique. So yeah. Charles Gustafson. It's a mix. 
<laughs> it's a mix. It's just a whole, it's a story and it's in and of itself. Yes. I love it. Yes, also the French way, because of course, Martinique, the French way, leave that to my dad. So I spend a lot of my time, ladies, um, sharing with people how to spell all of my names. <laughs> actually, it's one L and actually it's an F, not a V. Yes. <laughs> it's Gustafson. That's right. <laughs> but you know what? A name is very personal and it is one of those things that, you know, I... I work with my people and, and women in general. It's like, you, you have to fight for your name. If it, you have to fight for it, if someone gets it wrong, you have to correct them. It is, it is so personal. It's so a part of you. You got to fight for your name. So I do, I end up doing it almost every day. <laughs> and it's worth it. Yes, and it Sabine and I can clearly relate to that. Yes. We have unusual names as well. So my last name is Laoi and you know, I get everything from Laoi mm -hmm. to Lady, to like Laola, like Laoi. I'm like, Oh no, yeah, it's Lao Ye. So Lao Ye, I, I like that it. All the time. Yes, and I can definitely relate. I always get it's Sabine is the English way, the French way of saying it, like my family calls me Sabine. Um, but yes, I have gotten everything from Sabine to yes, and yeah, and my married name is Hayes, so that made it a little bit better um, because people couldn't pronounce my maiden name, Guillaume, to save their lives. Yeah, Guillaume. So I also made that my middle name. So that's so funny. Um, but I am. <laughs> so I can. I, yes, we both can relate for sure with the names. Um, but I am so excited for our chat today. Um, you are a certified image consultant, a personal brand marketing expert, um, a podcaster, and a confidence coach. Um, so, and you own the mentorship. Um, company called you and style which I love because we were talking about color before and I just love the I love the name of your your company um so awesome. tell us a little bit about you about how your a little bit of your journey and so forth oh it's a long story girls you know I think for for just about anybody who comes to do the work they're meant to do it's it's always one of those like sagas where you 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 start and you don't always know where you're going but when you look back all the pieces really seem to fit and so as an I'm an image consultant but really my my first background is in marketing and packaged goods marketing and and then it it turned into this um career of helping women through cosmetic products and building businesses in a direct sales organization and through all of that I was using um my customer service skills. I've been an entrepreneur ever since I was, I don't know, I can remember 17, I think I, I figured out today. So I, I would use all of my customer service skills in all of those businesses. And what happened was all of the experiences I've ever had, both in marketing, in personal development, in business coaching, in uh, image work, in branding work, all came together to be able to help women really reclaim their confidence to be valuable, number one, to be visible for what they do, and then to be vocal for it. And, and through that, it's, it's a mix of self-discovery, but also um, define personal brand kind of definitions and transformations and, 
And it's amazing. It's, it's amazing what I do. And a lot of times I think people don't really get what I do, <laughs> but the ones, the ones who get it really transform from it. And it's, it's the work I'm totally meant to do. It's awesome. I love what you said about how all of our, so often when we're in the thick of it, in the middle of it, we never know how these, how our path is going to work itself out. And it's always amazing to get to a point where your worlds collide, if you will, and the things that you love together. And you think, oh, that's why I was meant to do that. You know, so-and-so time. That's why I have this background or this interest. So that's a great thing to remember, especially when we're in the middle of not really knowing what's next. For sure. For sure. Like, and for me, uh, I can clearly see that I've always been an artist type always. And I think the times where, uh, I was the saddest or the most unclear about what to do. I forgot that part of myself. Um, I've always been an artist. I've always had a deep need for independence. I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, and I've always folded those things into this idea of like creative marketing. And it was, it was the, the piece that fit was that you could do it for people, not just products. And, and that's where kind of all of the, the puzzle pieces came together to make like the full picture. It's like, Oh, you work with, you work with people, you, and and you use all of those pieces together, the art, the independence, the mentorship, the connection with people to help create transformations in them. So I always call them breadcrumbs, right? And if you can see the breadcrumbs that are that have happened in your life, you'll have a really good idea of what would make you happy going forward. So you went from this, you call it a shift. I mean, your your podcast is called Confidence Shift. Um, when mm-hmm. I guess when was that shift? for you from when you used to work corporate marketing strategy and brand brand designing correct yeah so i I've, I've worked in in jobs i wouldn't necessarily say corporate i would say small small businesses uh medium sized businesses where i worked not as an entrepreneur it was really in in customer service um, and in training customer service. So how to, um, have your, how to keep your customer, how to, you know, deal with difficult customers. I did a lot of like training on those things on the customer experience. And, um, and the shift really came for me personally. Um, when I realized that I was kind of a type A, like, I don't know if you guys relate, but it's kind of a type A all of my life really trying to do all the right things the way I thought the right thing should be done. Um, took on a lot, but pushed myself away a lot. Like I said, I kind of forgot that idea that I was an artist first and I was trying to do all of the things that weren't feeding that part. And it, it, the shift actually came after I had my daughter, in fact. So because when you go through a transition in your life, what you notice is that some some pieces fit and then some pieces don't seem to fit. And you get kind of like, um, I would say I got lost, right? I wanted to be the super high achiever I was before her, but I also wanted to have balance where it was. I wanted to be a mom and be available and all of that. And I couldn't quite figure out in my mindset how to make those two things fit. And so that that caused a friction inside where where it was like, ah, and it was really... 
like, I, I don't know, you can't really, I don't, I'm not sure you can call it depression because it wasn't clinically diagnosed. So I always used to like, to, I always like to call it the sad times. I was just sad. I just didn't, I had no clarity. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know how to have a new purpose that would make all the pieces fit. And it, it really, it, it takes a toll on you and you, it takes your energy out of you, your enthusiasm out, enthusiasm out of you. And I was just stuck. Right. And that was, that was really the turning point of when things started to change so that they could become clear, if that makes sense. Well, questions about that. So how old is your daughter? She is 12, wait, 12 now going okay. on 49, I think, but anyway. <laughs> I've seen pictures of her on Instagram. She's adorable. She is. She's completely opposite to me at the age. So of course, you know, I believe children are there to teach you something. And uh, she's teaching me a lot. She's completely opposite to me. Yeah. Is she similar to your husband? Or is she just like, her husband and you're like, yes. you don't even know where she fell from? No, no, okay. she's similar to him. They have very much, they have very, very similar personalities in common. And, and in which case, neither of them were like me. We said about the shift that happened when you became a mom, because that's something I've heard a lot. I've heard people say a lot where it's kind of, you know, you're one way or you're struggling with certain things in your character or in your personality and you have a child and there's something that happens for most women, at least that I've spoken to, where something shifts and gets yeah. to focus in a way that, you never had it before. So that's been, that's a fascinating thing to, to hear about. So it's interesting that you, you noticed that turning point around the time that you became a mother as well. Yes, it's a, it's a huge thing and it's a thing. And it's because you have a shift of perspective. Um, I think before you have kids, you, you, you may, you're focused on, on your development, you know, you may be focused on your personal character, what, and, and I would say for me, because I was, I'm type A in recovery, uh, focus on your advancement, right? So you, you're advancing and in the advance, there's nothing wrong with advancement in advancement. You are learning things about yourself. You're developing skills. You're, you're navigating, right? right? But I think that shift comes when you have this other person show up and you have to, you're forced to think about your journey from 30,000 feet as opposed to 10,000 feet where it was just looking at yourself. Because for me, I was focused on what am I trying to teach her, which makes you have to look at what you're teaching yourself. Mm. And what are my behaviors as I'm teaching her while also teaching myself? And what am I conscious of showing to her? And is that serving me? Does it serve me? A lot of times it doesn't because the perspective has changed. And so making those transitions is really where uh, I find that women get this um, the static, I call it, right? Where their confidence kind of gets shaky because they're trying to reconcile the transition with the perspective, with where I go now, with where I go next. And it's tricky and it's hard if you don't have tools to be able to walk through and and sort through some of those, um, those sticky points. That is so true. I love that analogy of, um, looking at, you know, especially when you have a child, you're, you you, before it was all about you, right. You were just looking at yourself and then now there's somebody else that you're responsible for that is looking at you. Um, so I love yeah. that analogy. Um, 
Okay, so yeah. you you call it like the sad times, um, kind of that that time of yes. you know unclarity. And how did you how did you shift from that? How did you get out of that into who you are today? Um, it took. I think for most where you're in it, sometimes it takes a um, a shakeup. And for me, I noticed that I was doing behaviors I never did before. Like you know how. For me, I, I noticed that I would watch TV shows with a glass of wine. You know, it's like, oh, that's what normal people do, you know. But then I noticed that it was more than that, right? And I could I could see my behavior and I wondered, it was almost like you're looking at yourself from the outside in. I wondered why I was doing that. I knew I was in a confusing space, but I started to notice my behaviors changed around that confusing space. And one of the things that I remember doing was actually... Uh, talking to a counselor. I talked to a counselor after I had a breakdown in my boss's office and he didn't know what, he didn't know how to help me. Right. And so he just said, okay, here's the number workplace counselor. There you go. And it was actually, it, clarity came from someone else. I think that's what was the first turning point is she could see where I was on a brink that I couldn't see. I understood my behavior it had changed, but I couldn't really see why it was that third party who could see it. And she shined it back to me like a mirror. And then it scared me because she said, you know, those type of behaviors, coping behaviors can turn into something larger than life in a very short amount of time. If, if the root of them isn't addressed. And she said, you know, she goes, you're in a place where, if you're, you know, drinking a little too much, watching your shows, that can very easily turn into something more destructive uh, if you don't see it from here. And when she said, it, I was like, oh my gosh, you know what? She's right. And so from there, because it scared me so much, um, I started to really pay attention to myself. That was one of her very first advice was you need to, well, first of all, put it down, but then second of all, go inside and really start to look at you again. How can you do that? What are ways? What are things you've done in the past that helped you? And one of the things was, remember, I'm always an artist. I started to pull out my paints. I started to pull out my drawing, my doodling. And one of the things I discovered was what I remembered was how much I was in love with color forever, you know, and I... I'll say I became my own client first. I started image consulting myself and I started with color, which is why I'm called Hue and Style. It is my base. It is my root. It is the thing I love the most about what I do. And, um, and that's where I started. So it was really turning inside. Well, from an outside perspective, her seeing it, turning inside and then going to something I absolutely loved, remembering about it and then acting on it. That's that's great. Can you talk a bit about what that process was like? So you, you, you know, awakened the inner artist, if you will, mm-hmm. found your love of color again and became your own client. So what, so what happened? So you looked into your wardrobe and what? Oh. Yes. So what I started, what I started to notice was that, um, in the, in the destructive part where, you know, you're in the sad times, what you do is you, the very base root is you start to beat up on yourself, right? Everything's wrong with you. So I started to note the mindset. It was, 
wow, I don't fit into this clothes. Wow, I'm too fat or geez, my two, my hips are too wide or whatever. These mindsets about the dressing behavior, I could see in myself. And I thought, okay, there's got to be a, a way and a process to be able to take the emotion out of what I'm telling myself, number one, about my body, and therefore about myself. Uh, I got to take the emotion out of that. So I actually, uh, that's when I took my um, image consulting uh, certification. And in that, um, there's pieces in there about determining body shape, understanding proportion, shape, line, how line helps create shape on the body, no matter what size you are. I took um, a few courses in color before I deepened into my own process. And so while I was taking those pieces, I was learning and basically being my own guinea pig on myself. And what I noticed was that if I could remove the emotion about how I thought I looked, the negative talk about how I looked it transformed how I thought about myself, which then transformed about how I created behavior. And that's, that's what I, what I, um, it's the thing that I will always talk about when it comes to image and about how dressing is really, if you can get it right, it's about transforming your mindset while you're doing it, not just putting on a good shirt. And that when you understand that they're connected, there is a lot of power in that. And and I know it because I was my own client. I did it myself. And then I started to, to you know, locally, I had to clients locally and they started to get the same result and then the same result and then same result. And then finally I took my business online and I was like, this has to be able to be a result for more people. And it is, and it is, but always starting from that place of inside out, there is a transformation in your mind if you can see yourself differently. And it, it started with me. I was my own first client. I love that you were your own first client. You, you actually went through the process. And so now you're teaching other women how to do the same thing. Um, I have to say, you're speaking my language when you're, when you're talking color. <laughs> yes. I am, being an interior designer, I am such um, a big fan of color. And I feel like, especially if you can understand the psychology behind it, like what different colors mean and what colors mean to, you know, you personally. Um, so I just love that. Um, I yes. was listening to your podcast, which is amazing, by the way. Um, and you. you say how something stood out to me when you said behavior follows mindset. Yes. Uh, Always. Yes. And even how, you know, going back to when you said you, really started to pay attention to some of your behaviors. Um, yeah, that, that just, that really stood out to me. Um, especially how important it is to pay attention to, um, when we're, we're kind of going down this track and we don't know like the breadcrumbs you were kind of talking about. Um, we don't know how we got to where we are. Um, and oftentimes it takes us looking back at, um, yeah, what we've been doing and following the pattern. It does. It does. And I mean, there are, we all have mindsets that we, that are operating without us knowing. And so a lot of part, a lot of what I do is about bringing those mindsets to the surface. And what women don't really realize is that the mindsets that have been running their entire life, 
positively or negatively, in, in fact, show up in how they're dressing. They don't realize that they're connected, but they are. And so when, they're, when you're feeling frustration or not having clarity about, around some area of your life or where you're going or what's coming next or am I doing this or I feel like I'm going in circles, all of those are coming from tapes, as I call them, tapes that are playing that have possibly been pay, playing for a very long time and they've influenced your behavior, why you've done what you've done forever. It just takes... Like, I, like that lady did for me, right? That third party to say, do you realize that this is the tape that's playing? And then once you understand that tape that's playing, you're able to see how all of your behaviors have come from it. And you're like, oh, what? It's like the lightning bolt hits. And you can see everything from why you chose that career, why you did that, what was that um, choice you made, why you dress a certain way, why you want to be invisible, why you can't stand out, all of those come from a mindset. And it's one of the, it's the very first thing that I do uh, when I'm talking to women. It is, it's never about, geez, what shirt did you wear yesterday? It is, what's the mindset driving it? Because again, it follow, it, it'll drive every behavior after that. I have a question about that. This is a perfect conversation for me at this stage in life, because I feel like tackling my image is one of the things I want to do. I just don't like shopping. So I hear what you're saying about mindset. I believe what you're saying about mindset. I believe that we do have to work from the inside out and that there's so much that's driving us often that we're not conscious of. Now I can feel like I have nothing to wear because I don't like to shop. Right. I've people who've kind of resisted that. Well, I don't know if it's about mindset. I just have the wrong clothes in my wardrobe. And, <laughs> and is, it the, is it the mindset that is preventing me from getting the right clothes? Like how have you worked that out? For example, yes, it's it's a it's a little it's a little one in the same or a little bits of both. Okay. There is a mindset that's riding in the background, but there's also an understanding for women to understand that shopping is a skill. Okay, so shopping is a skill. When you think about skills, skills need to be developed. Skills have to do with understanding principles. They have to do with um, practice. Like think about playing basketball, right? You got to learn how to, how to dribble. You got to learn how to shoot. You got to learn where you put your elbow and how to follow through. Mm, those, yeah. are, those are practical um, pieces, practical skills that allow you to play basketball. Shopping is no different. For some reason, well, like for some reason, women think they should just be able to shop. Not true. If you've never been taught the skills and the principles, shopping is extremely difficult. Now, the principles and skills that need to come in are things that I call image strategy. They're part of a larger uh, piece of the puzzle. So an image strategy has to do with how you're putting together your appearance your behavior and your communication based on a mindset that has to do with how valuable you think you are so that you have a mission to talk about. When you believe what you have to offer is valuable and that you know who you serve with it, you will want to stand out. And so when you go ahead and you start to put together your appearance, including your wardrobe, your personal style, your accessories, that is part of the image strategy that becomes practical. That's playing the game. And shopping is a portion of that. So in order to shop effectively, there are things you need to know. You need to know what it is about your body, your 16 proportions, shapes, and, and pieces on your body that will allow it to be balanced. 
you have to know your personal style story. What are the values that you hold that you can communicate with every single garment and accessory you put on your body? Because every single garment and accessory you put on a bod your body speaks to certain values. That's what most women don't know. The other thing you got to know is you got to know your colors, right? Not every color is meant for every complexion that makes it vibrant. Can you wear any color you want? Sure you can. But will every, every color make you vibrant? No. 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 So, you so for me, what I teach is that you need to know the pieces of your image, your appearance principles, your, your color, your body shape, how to build a wardrobe. What are the pieces? And they're not just pieces that you just, you know, I guess I'll just pick that. Like, it is very particular to your lifestyle, your goals, your audience, your personal brand. When you have those pieces together, shopping is a snap because you literally can see something go, not my color, not my shape. Nope, not wrong elements of the garment. Nope, doesn't speak my personal style story. Nope, uh, not practical for my lifestyle. Done. Move on. And, and you're never pressured by sales associates or, you know, Black Friday sales or <laughs> right? Right? Like all the, the, the 200 emails you get oh in your gosh. thing for Black Friday. Yes. Um, you know, my clients don't need to shop on sale because when you purchase something that is, is so strategic, the price is almost irrelevant because if it's right, it's so right. It's just so right right? You won't be buying and buying and buying. You buy the one thing and you hang on and, right. you, and you ride with it. I have things, pieces in my wardrobe for nine years. I have a client I've had since uh, I started. Geez. So this would be, so a season I call is like spring, summer, fall, winter. She's been a client of mine for 13 seasons. She's still wearing wow, items from so season lot. one. That's that. strategy. That's strategy. That's money saving. That That is it's not that you don't hate shopping. It's, it's a practice guys. You got to learn how to play the game. That's all. So you do not realize how validating all of that is. Thank you. <laughs> so, there's nothing wrong with so you. There's thank you. I'm not broken. At least not in this way. Nope. Um, not in this way. <laughs> That's amazing. Cause I, I shopping makes me miserable. And it's it is a symptom of a larger problem. Which again, That's what I tell you, my women. Everything you yes. just described, the 16 points, I don't think I knew that I had 16 points. So that's no. second conversation. No, no. I'm like, but yeah, <laughs> I, when I think of shopping, I literally think of torture. The only thing I yeah. buy, like I enjoy buying books and music and that's pro and probably ordering food off a menu, but shopping drives me insane. I'm going to draw a connection there for you. If you enjoy, you know that you love to buy books and, and, uh, what did you say? Books, books and, music, I was gonna say, and then yeah. I, was, I said food, yeah. you I was going to say tapes. So that dates me anyway, but music, <laughs> yes, um, books and tapes. Um, <laughs> totally you understand like what you mean. Yep. <laughs> it, you like buying them because you know exactly what it is when you buy it. You know the genre you like, you know the style you like, you know the the artist you like, you it resonates with you in some way. The problem is, is that most women don't know they can do that with clothing. And they don't have a process to be able to understand how to know what resonates. Right. And what resonates will come from your from the mindset exploration that first of all, that self-discovery of knowing, 
okay, like what are my highest held values? What, what am I trying to achieve with, with my life, with my purpose? Those things totally can be attached and are attached to how you present yourself in your personal style and your larger image. Once you know those things, it's, it's extremely easy. There are retailers you can literally not look at anymore because they're not going to speak to the genre. They're not going to match. It, it becomes, it becomes just uh, well, I say my clients, I train hunters, not gatherers, right? They become <laughs> hunters. They know exactly what they're looking for. Nope, 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 nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. Nope. 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 Yep. And it's, it's liberating. It's liberating. Yeah. So it's almost like you're talking about, it's almost like you're saying, because the first thing that came to mind is, oh my gosh, sticking with the trends. And um, so mm. it's almost like you're saying selecting pieces that are timeless in a way. Well, too. and here's the thing. Trends are, are inspirations that come from designers. And let's all remember that designers are artists, right? So trends come, they're born of designer inspiration. They're fine if you know that that designer in particular resonates with your personal style story. There are certain designers that are designing, that, that design in a way that you'll go, yeah, geez, that feels like me. Why? Because the values you share with that designer will be congruent. The problem is, is that most people don't see it that way. So they'll say, well, the neon trend is on, so I better go buy some neon. But, and, and the neon trend belongs to one of the personal style stories that I help my clients see. But not everybody is that style story. Not everybody resonates with that value. So if you just go and buy neon trend, when you're something else, it's not going to fit. It doesn't feel like it fits. So what you're doing is you're selecting what is in the marketplace, trend or not, based on yourself. It could be timeless. It could be trendy. Like for me, my personal style story is a little bit eclectic. So I'm always going to end up choosing some things that are like of the moment, but even if I choose it of the moment today, because of who I am, I can wear it tomorrow and it still resonates. Does that okay. make sense? That, yeah, that makes sense. I guess it also goes into, um, I guess, having that confidence too, um, because you're not, once yes. you have that, I guess, once you have the mindset, then you have the confidence. You're not so driven to, you know, I guess, look at what the latest, you know, the model is wearing down the runway. And, you know, even though it's, it's more or less matching what is in your personal, what's your personal style story, right? You're okay. exactly right. And, and that is, that is my exact approach. It is, it is where you see yourself first, and then you look to the outside to pick and choose what will match myself. So you, you become, you don't become a victim to outside forces. Nobody can tell you what's right for you. You know, what's right for you. And what happens is because you have that mindset, that confidence now, it ends up bleeding into other areas of your life. Because when you learn how to understand what's right for you, like I said, when you see yourself through the mirror, what starts to happen is you start, you start to see things that are right for you in other areas of your life. You're like, no, I choose this over that. I choose this over that. And that's how, like, it was one of my clients I can think of, she's like, you saved my marriage because not as soon as I could see myself and understand my part in our relationship and I could articulate what was important to me because you do, 
she could articulate that to her husband. They could see each other at a different level. That confidence that you just spoke about, it's like it becomes confidence is a muscle. It bleeds everywhere. So you see yourself differently. And then it's and then you start to, oh, okay, I own my value. I own my life. I own my choices. And you start to make different ones. And it's remarkable to watch. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, because it's more than clothes. <laughs> Completely. And, and uh, like they'll say, my one client, she's like, don't let the human style fool you. It is, it is, I call it image confidence. Image confidence is more than just the clothes. It's who you are becoming. And, and um, as far as I know, I'm the only one who does it like this. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who will um, help, you know, some certain mindset pieces while, you know, choosing personal, you know, understand your personal style by a name, but what does it mean? And I am, I am one of those people. I'm like, listen, I am never about a temporary solution. I want you to, I want you to know forever. And that comes from my own, you know, my own journey where in the sad times, I just wanted to feel better forever right? Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just go and buy a shirt and feel better for now. I wanted to feel better forever. And, and having a process where you are digging into yourself, looking at yourself first, and then translating yourself on the outside. Like I said, the only word I can tell you is it's completely liberating. And I can say that because I did it myself, but I also watch my clients do it every single day. And then, then you get to you watch them stand and shine for anything that they're doing, attracting the people they want, you know, making the right choices for their family, raising more confident kids. It's a big deal because it all starts with you, right? No, you're central to your own life, right? So whatever you're creating comes from you. So that means you have to create yourself first. Yeah. Totally makes sense, but so not what we do. I think especially as women, we tend to kind of focus on everything else around us versus ourselves first because it feels selfish or it feels indulgent or you're exactly right and that when you focus on that it bleeds everywhere else honestly yes and it's one of the first things I ask women uh to do is you've got to give yourself permission and value to put yourself first nothing will change if you don't do that first, nothing, nothing, Mm-mm. you'll be doing for everybody else forever. And you'll be feeling the exact same amount of frustration, exhaustion, overwhelm, taken advantage of uh, people pleasing all the things until you give yourself permission to change first. It has to come. And you know, like everybody will come to it in their own time. Some will come sometime, some will, some will come swiftly, some won't get to that until it's really rock bottom and maybe they're having a sad times themselves. But that the, the only way that change happens is that you give yourself permission to change first. It happened to me when I was coming out of it. I kind of shut down my life when the counselor said, you gotta, you gotta do you, right? I, I shut down the commitments. I said no to a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I dug into my own thing and then, and then reemerged. It's the only way that, that makes that change. So I have a question. Do you feel that I know that we do the shift at some moment in time? Um, 
And then we change our mindset and then we gain confidence within ourselves that we didn't know was even there. Um, but then do you feel like sometimes along the journey, our confidence, it's possible for our confidence to be knocked down again. And then we're, we're pretty much at, um, a low point again. Um, okay. Cause I, I do feel like yes. for me, yes. I feel like, <laughs> you know, that can kind of tend, that can happen to me. Not the, I guess the inconsistency of like, Oh, one day I am. And I typically dress how I feel. Um, but also what's functional for me is everything comfortable. If it's not comfortable, I'm, <laughs> if it's not comfortable, I, I, I'm not wearing it. Um, but I feel like, you know, for me, sometimes there is inconsistency, like, you know, at one, one moment in time, I'm feeling great and I am loving the way that I, I look. And then another moment in time, you know, I'm kind of, again, kind of putting myself down. And, um, so I just wanted to know if, if you see that as a, is that a, is that a, is that a possibility or is that just you being confident? Is that a thing? I'm like, is, is that a thing? The word. Is that a thing? Okay. It's a thing. It's a thing. Okay. It's a thing. It's a totally a thing. Um, it's a thing. Okay. First of all, that up down, the up down is because confidence is a muscle. Okay. Confidence, mm. I say, comes from finishing. Okay. Not from doing, but from finishing. So when you finish something, whether the, regardless of the outcome of how you decide the outcome is, because people are like, oh, that was a good outcome or that was a bad outcome. Wrong. We're not looking at that. We're looking at, did you finish? So when you finish something, especially if it's a good outcome, you have positive feelings, you've learned something, but even if it's a not so positive outcome, you've still learned some things. Okay. So you finish. The up down is about not being able to see what the finish means to you in the, at that moment. And so most women don't have tools because it's a practice don't have tools to be able to reframe the finish. If it's a negative finish, what does that mean for me? What in it, what part of my life and lifestyle did not fit? Uh, what part of my value system did not come true? Um, I teach a whole extended mentor mentorship on, on confidence mindset. And there are actually six emotions that you can attach to six areas of your life that allow you to see if you're feeling that it's because of that area in your life that needs attention. And when you have a tool to be able to understand why the up and down is happening, then you're able to reframe it. You're able to take new behaviors around that area and, and it, it produces a new outcome, right? Remember right. mindset, action, outcome. So it will, it will shift that outcome. So what I, where I normally start and where I talk about, you know, image and dressing, um, when women notice that they're, it's like, I dress up good, or the, you know, the up and down, it's like, well, I'm good, but I'm not good. I'm good, but I'm not good. There's a portion of that that's happening. Some of it has to do with, um, the tools you may or may not own in order to make it consistent. Because remember it's, it's a practice. It's like learning how to play basketball, um, and creating, um, the, the pieces in your wardrobe that would allow it to be consistent, just allow it to be. Um, so it's a tools piece, then it's a practice piece, and then it's a confidence mindset piece. All three got to come together. 
And when you do that, it doesn't matter if you work a job who that's super, um, that's what I call smart casual, or if you're at at home, or one of my clients is actually a, a nurse practitioner. She works mostly in scrubs, but she goes into nursing homes, but she still needs to be present as an authority with her clients while being in that really slightly more casual, you know, environment, she's still able to create a presence in her image. It's not about the clothes. It's about the intention of the clothes and how they're put together to create that intention. Does that make sense? I know it was yeah, a long no, answer. To a that definitely question. makes sense. That long you know, answer. So it's like whether I am in a, on a construction site or, you know, meeting a client for the first time, um, Yes. There's a way to create a presence of your confidence in that situation. It's just that most people don't realize that there are, that you need tools and understanding in order to do that. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, knowing that confidence is a muscle. So helpful. It's a muscle. It's a muscle. Got to work it. And it's a daily practice. Um, it needs to be renewed daily. Uh, I would say like, a, it's like, um, Confidence is a renewable resource, right? We're always looking for renewable resources out here. Mm. Um, Things that can be rebirthed and reborn. Confidence is one of them, but it needs a process to do that. Without without knowing like how you do that, then it's like ad hoc, right? It's like, well, I don't don't know how I do that. Well, cool. Like it's like going to the gym and then like, okay, I'm going to do this one arm (laughs) curl. But if you didn't know how to do it with proper form, then it doesn't build the arm. Does that make sense? Yes. Proper form. Complete sense. So I have a twofold (laughs) question for you. Sure. So one is, I guess, what can you tell our listeners about how to practice confidence? What is the practice around confidence that you could share that someone could do at home listening? Um, And the second question is, so if I wanted to be your client, what do I do? Are there things I need to know before I even approach you? Is there some pre-work I need? know before I come to you or do you take will you take me through the paces like what should I have clear for myself before I got it okay so first question and then you'll have to remind me of the second if I get too (laughs) long-winded how to practice a day how to practice confidence starting tomorrow or how to build a confidence building practice starting tomorrow. The very first thing I will tell your listeners to do is start a conversation with yourself. Either start a conversation with yourself or restart a conversation with yourself. And the best way I know how to do that is the practice of journaling. Now, women <laughs> think of Michelle, I don't know what to write down. What are you talking about? Journal. Like, I'm just going to write my to-do list. I don't know how to journal. That's precisely the problem. A journal is a place where you are having a conversation with your truest, most authentic self. That's where it gets to when you get it right. The problem is that a lot of times, journaling has become one more task in someone's life. It's like, they told me I was supposed to get up early. They told me I was supposed to write in this book. I have no idea what to write. All I end up doing is writing my to-do list for the day. Is that what I'm supposed to do? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So it's like, I don't know what to do, okay? It is not a to-do list. It is a conversation. And the purpose of the conversation is to begin to hear the realness of yourself. Because the realness of yourself, I call her the angel in your heart. I wrote a children's book in 2012 called Angel in Your Heart. And it was 
dedicated to my daughter and I wanted her to start to understand that little tiny small voice that is talking to you that as we get older and go through transitions and life and times gets clouded over by everything else around us and we quit listening she's there she knows exactly what you need to do she's always supportive most women have lost what she sounds like. So when you are journaling, you are listening, and it takes a little while, if you, especially if you don't have a journal practice set up, it can take a little while before you hear her, but she's there. Mm. And then it's a matter of what do I do with her? <laughs> like It's like um, being at the cocktail party and you want to meet her, and then she's over there, but like, I haven't really struck up a conversation in a really long time. So that feels kind of awkward. That's exactly how it feels. But if you have a process that helps you regain that conversation with yourself, it is the most powerful relationship you will ever own beyond anyone outside yourself. And I actually have a, a process that I help, that I use and that I, people can use to be able to create that. I call it Magic Confidence. It's a program on my website. Okay. But that's what it does is over about mm, three weeks, you develop a conversation with yourself as well as understanding a few practices that are really important to developing a daily renewing confidence practice. And a central portion of that is developing that conversation with yourself. That's the first thing I'll tell people to do every day, all the time, every time. Now, when did I answer that question? You did. You did. Okay. <laughs> now, the second question was about. Um, yeah. Is there anything we should yeah. do before we call you and say, okay, Michelle. What's up? Save my marriage. Give me a marriage. Whatever the thing is. Yeah. Yeah. So what you can probably tell is that I'm not like a typical stylist, right? So I spend a lot of my time teaching women why the philosophy is kind of a flip-flop philosophy than what you're used to, right? That, well, I just want to buy some clothes, Michelle. Can you just show me how to do that? And I don't want to spend a bunch of money buying clothes. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to get you to understand that there's more to this. I need to get you to understand that if you do image confidence properly and right, that it is a personal growth journey. Mm. So I think the first thing is that women who become my clients understand that they are going through a personal growth journey. They are open to understanding more about themselves. They are open to having a mentor show them the truth of their status quo. What is happening in your life right now? Why, you know, they are playing small, feeling invisible, what are the tapes that are playing? And do and are they open to an opportunity to change? And so uh, at humanstyle.com, there's always like the section that says free resources, and it has like my podcast pieces. There's always some kind of masterclass that you can take to to understand more about my philosophy, and about how I would guide you through to the solution. Because I, I I don't work with women who just I just want to buy a shirt though. No, no, I don't no, I don't do that. Right. I don't I don't do that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So um they learn for I always say learn first. And even if you know this podcast is a learning opportunity, once you have this learning opportunity, you book a call with Michelle. Me, not my team, not a bunch of people, me. And in the call, my only job is to show you how your image confidence is acting in your life right now. It's it's going to show you the tape. 
that's playing. Mm -hmm. It will illuminate what that tape will will uh, drive you to. And then you get to decide if we have a fit, you know, you get to decide if that tape runs the rest of your life or if you're going to make a shift at that time to say, listen, I'm ready to reclaim my confidence, to reclaim my value, to be visible for the thing that makes my heart sing. Because if there's one thing that is in common with all of my clients is they have a very deep want, desire, and um, urgency to help people in a certain way, in any in any way that they do it. I mean, like I said, I have everyone from nurse practitioners to entrepreneurs to uh, kids teach uh, kids teachers to uh, government workers, engineers. Like, but they all have a deeper purpose of how they're helping people. And when you're connected to that deep purpose, you know that you have to stand as the example of confidence in order to make it come true. And when you're ready to do that, that's when we build an image that makes you magnetic. And that's when you you say, you know what, I can't afford for my confidence, lack of confidence or my self-doubt or whatever to get in the way anymore. I've got more important things to do. I've got more important impact to make. I've got people to change, whether that be your family or your I have one lady who runs a sorority group. Like I have people to change. That's what we do around here at Hue and Style. They are people who um, become beacons for their families and their communities and change others through their own confidence. And I can't tell you how rewarding it is to watch them um, be beacons to other people. It's amazing. Like I get a little choked up every time if I think about it too hard. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So where can people find you? How can they contact you or, and to listen to your podcast? For sure. So my podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a whole bunch in between as well. Um, it is called Confident Shift with Michelle Charles Gustafson. So you can just search Confident Shift and you'll find it. Um, you can also find me at hueandstyle.com. That's H-U-E-A-N-D-S-T-Y-L-E.com. That is where I live on the internet. Um, I also do regular live broadcasting on Facebook. So um, you can find me at Michelle Charles Gustafson uh, or just search Hue and Style and you'll find me there. And I, I just love my live broadcasts. It's a, uh, I don't know if a myth just might date me too, but the throwback to the old Periscope days, I was an oh, avid yeah. broadcaster on Periscope. Okay. Uh, live broadcasting app. Yeah. And uh, I had a whole show. It was just, it's why I decided to go back to pod, go to podcasting because I stopped um, doing Periscope, but I love my live broadcasts uh, and uh, you can always catch me live um, doing an episode. I just did one today too. So okay. anyway, you can catch me on Facebook. Oh yes. And sorry, I missed that Instagram. I also have an Instagram page that you can find me at Michelle Charles Gustafson, super long name, uh, or uh, Confident Shift Podcast. So what is the, pro in terms of the process of working with you, like how long does that take? Yeah. So if I were to say, I want to work with Michelle yeah. now, what can yeah. I so, have so how you life? walk through, yeah, how you walk through that is uh, number one, book a call. Okay. And uh, my, my calendar is just open. You just book a call. It's 45 minutes. Um, in that time, we'll know if we have a fit and if I can help you. That's really what I'm looking at doing on the call. Uh, once I know that I can help you, uh, I invite into my program. My program is a six-week workshop and mentorship program. Okay. And once I know that we're good to go and we have a good fit and I know I can get what I, 
what I do through you, then I tell you all the details. But basically, six weeks, and you are a transformed women, woman, and uh, sparkly, shiny. And there's there are, I mean, on humanstyle.com, you can actually see a lot of my clients. They get ridiculous results the more in they are, mm-hmm. right? So the more open you are to knowing that it's a personal growth journey, the more open you are to letting me take you by the hand and saying, okay, just, just, just walk the steps, girl. Like I, I got you, right. uh, the bigger, uh, most amazing and the ripple effect. Cause you know, I say, it's not just about the six weeks that I show you how to put all of those pieces together, but I watch ladies I've had for years continue and continue and create things in their lives that it's just like, wow, like just wow. And I think everyone deep down, every woman deep down wants to have that feeling where what they do is important and watch it happen. And I get the, it's not even a luxury. It's a, it's a bliss to be able to do it. I get to watch them do it. And it's, it's the coolest thing ever. So I love it. Yeah. So that's how you do it. It's a call. It's a call. Okay. Don't don't get caught up more than a call. Call first. We'll definitely do the call. So I am obsessed with Ariana Huffington and I love Thrive and I know you were featured on Thrive Global. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, Thrive has a few different sections of their website. They have one section that's for contributors. And uh, and so I wrote a piece and it was actually the first piece I wrote was about um, my dad. Uh, My dad's passed now 18 years, but he was my first image mentor. He's a lot of the, re- remember I talked about breadcrumbs, mm-hmm. right? He's a lot of the reason why I do this work. Uh, he was a dentist. Um, everybody's afraid of the dentist, <laughs> but he built a personal brand that allowed people to love the dentist, if you can believe it. And they loved him and his excellence. And, and, the, and he didn't see himself as a dentist. He saw himself as a purveyor of confidence. Much, okay, and oh. now I'm getting, I'm going there. Okay, because when you have... A, when you have a smile that you're proud of, you're able to show it off and be yourself, right? So it's very much the reason I can see that breadcrumb is what I do. And um, so my first piece was about uh, image lessons that he taught me. So it's it's on there now. And so what you do, I submitted a piece to say, this is my piece. And then they said, yes. <laughs> so and they they um, put it into their contributor section. And yeah, and then I've written some uh, since then. So it was a huge it was a huge deal for me just, you know, to put your voice of your message somewhere where you never know who's going to read it, but that they may just find a little sense of peace in it. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you again for this conversation. I feel like we literally could be here all day. Um, yeah. That <laughs> keeps coming up for me is how a lot of the gems you keep bringing up remind me of, like there are universal truths in a sense. So whether it's the whole idea of starting with ourselves instead of getting caught up in everything else start yes. ourselves that came up journaling I mean I literally just came from a therapist appointment today where the whole issue of put yourself in the center instead of being the one holding everything came up the whole issue of journaling and really connecting with your true self came up yet again today um, I think the breadcrumbs really looking at the things that make up our lives and the things that have had an impact and moved us and, you know, jumped out at us, whether it's 
dad and how dad was with his clients, whether it's, oh, I like the color, I've always been an artist and how those things come together and really allow us to live our best lives. Um, I think even the theme of how these women that you work with are all in service of something and someone else, just how that makes a difference in all of our lives. Like we don't kind of live full lives until we're about service to some degree. And it looks different from person to person. So there's so much you've said, it just resonates with different things that I've that have been percolating for me. So thank yeah. you. And that. you've summed it up perfectly. That that is the mission of my life. And and what's really cool to understand and that women can get to when they let themselves is that y- your mission is about all of those things woven together. And when it is on lock and clear to you first, you don't ever have to try. Like, you don't have to try to speak about it. You just do. Like, none of that was... I didn't try to talk about any of that. It's just all of the pieces become an example of the reason why you're here. And that's the thing that keeps the confidence high because it's like, it won't matter what situation you're in, the things that resonate as who you are, as essence, as universal truth to who you are, will always lead you through, always. And so I just make it my mission to show women that. I just happen to do it through dressing first. So effortlessly. Yeah. So well said. (laughs) Awesome. On that note. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you again. You're welcome. That was a great conversation. Yeah. I feel like we could have talked for hours. We really could. I feel more confident after talking to her. And I want to talk, I, I'm really interested in her services and how that whole thing works. I love that she really, she got me. The whole shopping is stressful if you don't, if you're not skilled in it. Yeah. She spoke, she spoke to you. She did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love the way she said she's um, training hunters, not gatherers. I was <laughs> like, Yes. <laughs> teach me how to hunt for me she just made me look at just image consulting so differently like it was just not about the fashion and i love that i love that it was so, very value centered so right. yeah so, thanks michelle so who would you buy coffee for or tea i shouldn't say yes who would you buy a cup for i would buy a cup of tea for gretchen rubin and Elizabeth Craft, um, but especially Gretchen, Please because explain. so it was really great to get to watch their podcast happen right in front of our faces. It's really interesting when you know people's voices really well, but you, you're not as familiar with their faces. There's something weird about them. like, oh, it it's so weird, weird having yeah. those voices <laughs> come out of their faces. Um, but they were just amazing. They were totally themselves, despite being in a crowd in front of a crowd. Um, I loved that I got to ask them a question and. Um, when I went up to talk at the mic, Gretchen remembered me. I told her, you know, that we'd met before and she she has such an impressive memory. But she was like, oh, yeah, we met at the podcast movement. You were standing by, we were, sta- you know, you wow. were by the escalators. Like she remembered where we were and our conversation um, and gave a shout out to our podcast in front of the audience. So that was just really magnanimous and it was just really great that she that was, would make me feel so special she, yeah and then took a picture with us afterwards and her husband took the photo Aww. so Gretchen definitely gets a cup of whatever she wants um so That's awesome. she gets a cup this week 
Yes. Um, yeah, that's encouraging. I would buy coffee for my cousin, Jesse. Okay. Um, just because I feel like she helped him with the accommodations and everything in Princeton. I feel like if it wasn't for her, I don't know that I would be staying in Princeton. Um, so, yeah. Like your getaway would cousin. not have happened? Yeah, it wouldn't have happened the way that it did. And um, for the price that it did. So I'm super grateful for her. And she's like the best cousin in the world. Love all the rest of my cousins. But, but. <laughs> she's amazing. She's amazing. Um, so I would definitely buy her a cup of coffee. Love that. Thanks, Jesse. So thank you, listeners. Yes, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on this episode. You um, know how it goes. You can subscribe, write a review, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Yes. <laughs> and follow us on all the things. At Sabine and Lisa. Yep. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you. Bye. Bye.